Hello, my name is Nick, and I'm here with my co-host James. And we're coming to you from Wildcape Photography Studios. On today's show, we will be discussing Windy City's newest cross-promotion, York's new investors, New Britain's 50 Days of Giveaway, and an update on the McCoy Stadium situation, as well as the Chicago Dogs' big announcement. So grab a bat and step into the batter's box, because you're listening to the Indie Ball Report Podcast. Alright, so we're back again. Episode number seven. Lucky number, number seven. seven. Oh yeah. Yep. Ides of March edition. Oh yeah, beware the Ides of March. Ah. So, let's go ahead, let's get into the show now. Uh, we got a little bit of housekeeping stuff to go ahead and cover up, and a couple of little announcement things that didn't really make it into the show enough to be their own full topic, but still I felt was worth covering, so mm-hmm. included them. Go ahead and just dive into... Uh, the housekeeping stuff, and then we'll go to the little things here. Yep. So, we're first off apologizing for releasing the show a day later than normal. Just some things came up, so had to be released a little bit uh, beforehand, or a little bit later than usual. Yep, things happen. Exactly. Uh, in addition to that, article is still coming out. That also, a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff here. Still going to be released a little bit later than normal, but still going to be released. It will be released, absolutely. Yep, just didn't want to release something that wasn't up to the high standards we have. Mm-hmm. So... That being said here, diving into just a couple of little quick topics here before we get into the first real major one. Uh, Long Island Ducks, they will be wearing a special 20th anniversary jersey. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes to what that looks like, but it's really just like a powder blue, kind of tar heel blue looking jersey. You got the logo and the 20th anniversary patch on it. Same thing goes for the hat. It's a nice enough jersey. I only felt the need to throw it in there because I saw ballparks. I just sent out a tweet about it, so might as well include it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a cool-looking jersey, but I think the meaning behind it is even better. I think 20 years in independent league baseball mm-hmm. is a really big accomplishment and something that, you know, is definitely uh, worth praising and worth uh, celebrating. Yep, 20 years in anything, really, especially yeah. business, is yeah. really worth something. I mean, it's lasting two decades, but especially in a volatile market like just minor league entertainment is in general. Yeah, definitely. So very impressive with that. But the main thing here I wanted to touch on quickly was apparently uh, Indie Ball Island had a bit of a spat with the Southwest Pro League. Now, yeah. <laughs> before we get into this, I want to point out here, this is different from the Southwest Professional League that we've talked about before. This is not Mark Schuster's deal. No. This is involving a guy named John Guy or John Guy. I'm not sure how that last name's pronounced. I know it can go either way. Either so, or. So I'll go with Guy for now. Uh, being that there's no other implications of French in there. So I assume it's pronounced the English way. Apparently, there was a bit of a back and forth here from what I can gather, at least from the tweets and from looking up John Guy, which is really not much information on him at all. Uh, What it looks like is Indie Ball Island back in November put out an article about the Southwest Pro League and how the people involved with it were the same people that were involved with other past failed leagues. So he had reached out to them, particularly John Guy, asking to do a Q&A, so we could go ahead and put up some information about it, and Guy at the time had agreed to do the Q&A. Right. So pretty standard operating procedure. But then they apparently Andy Ball decided they wanted to go ahead and just send him the list of questions beforehand, or that was agreed upon. Mm-hmm. Typically, if you're doing an interview, you wouldn't really send them the questions themselves. You would send them like a general idea of what you're going for. So right. if you're going to touch on certain things like, okay, we're going to talk about past leagues that failed, we're going to be talking about the Desert League, we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about this, mainly general topics, so right. that way... general ideas, but not necessarily... The exact thing. Right. Because you don't want people to have already pre-wrote out answers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not really sporting. Right, you don't want them to be, uh, you don't want to have rehearsed answers, because that'll really hurt uh, the journalistic integrity of what they're trying to do. And then also the entertainment value is not really there. Yeah, you want people <laughs> answering it kind of freely and openly. If right. you have a rehearsed answer, it's just not entertaining. Then after receiving the questions or receiving the topics of the questions, John Guy had backed out of the agreement. So he didn't want to do it anymore, and then apparently something else had happened in there. I'm not really sure what, because I just saw this now. Right. And there was no other like Twitter back and forth, because I went back, looked at Indie Ball's tweets, 
going back to November when this whole thing kind of came out. Uh, John Guy, I can't find on Twitter. I can't find him really anywhere. Like Google search, individual searches on any platform. The only thing as far as social media is concerned, and even this is kind of stretching the definition, I think, is he has a LinkedIn page. Right. But I mean, like that's more professional networking yeah, than social networking, networking. Than, than social media. It's not yeah. like a Twitter. Exactly, it's kind of different there. So it's it really seems like there was just some sort of a back and forth that wound up with guy slandering Indieval. But I'm using the word slander kind of liberally. Right. There was some sort of a back and forth that that was not very good. Not in the legal sense of slander. Exactly. And what had wound up happening was Indie Ball then published their piece, which basically said, this is a sham league, it's not going to last, and it's a shame. Then last night, so Thursday night, when you're listening to this, 14th, Indie Ball sent out a pair of tweets basically saying, look, I was right, everything's falling apart, I'm right. talking with people in the league that are actually players there, and they've been thrown out of their hotel rooms because they can't pay it. Wow, yeah. And a whole bunch of other things, like we haven't been paid, they're not paying the hotel bills, no one's being paid at all, and everything so far is pointing to this being a sham. Yeah. It not being, you know, the case. And so that's where it is now. I haven't seen anything in any other direction, but I thought we just want to weigh in on that quickly as uh, it does pertain to independent league baseball. So. Yeah, I think we got to be, you know, two, two things we got to be careful with here. We don't want to, uh, you know, jump on. And, uh, you know, completely say it's a sham yet. We don't have uh, full evidence enough to, you know, say that it is. But also, I think the other thing that if we're, we're thinking about this more analytically is that taking a more holistic approach to it, we, you know, it, it's hard when, when leagues like this pop up and they have checker, people with checkered pasts, mm, of um, course, as has been insinuated in this, this context. And I think, you know, at that point, it, 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 like I said before, these, when these things happen, it just hurts the credibility of great leagues like the Can-Am League and the Atlantic League and the American Association. These leagues that really try hard to do things the right way, uh, they can oftentimes be overlooked by these leagues that sometimes are doing the wrong thing, and certainly their credibility can be hurt as well. Exactly. I think that's a very well put point. I think, you know, so it doesn't really bode well for you when you've had past failures and whatnot you're trying to go ahead and set a new image and then when someone sends you a request to basically do an interview and gives you um, everything you need to do beforehand follows the proper protocol on it that you go ahead and then turn around and go we're not going to do this anymore and then when they state okay well they backed out you go on the war path against them if that's what happened of course once again we only know what i can find we only have one side of the story yeah. of course and there's not really much else digging you can really do here and, of course, we don't know what was on the questions, what the topics were, and how they were phrased. I mean, it makes a big difference if the questions were phrased in a bit of a hostile way. Right. You um, certainly don't want to, we certainly don't want to be, uh, you know, you don't want a hit job uh, piece coming out about you as well. So I, you can understand that from a, a, a business standpoint. Exactly. But even then, from a business standpoint, you still, I would think you'd want to go ahead and do the interview really regardless, unless you know walking in it's going to be a bad take. But even then, I would imagine you'd want to still have some sort of responses going, this piece is going to come out, being that you know that the person involved is probably, if not the largest person in the indie ball, kind of independent media, one of the larger people that's known. Right. You would assume you'd want to go ahead and work with them, or at least say something about what's coming out. So you can control your own image a little bit, you know? It's just, a, it's a bit odd to me that you just go ahead and not respond to anything. Plus the promotion of the, of the Southwest Pro League here has been not well to no. say the best. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know about it until the spent here. So I mean, I guess it worked out in their favor that now I know about it. Now granted, it's on the, it's last legs here. People are being thrown out of hotel rooms. Yeah. But still, not a good job promoting it. The fact that in addition to not doing a good job promoting it, nobody involved with it is on Twitter, it appears. It seems like you brought in a bunch of the people from what failed last time. It's not really seeming like you were going in succeeding, especially because I believe I read on Indie Ball Island's uh, one page about the Desert League, which was one of the failed leagues that, that people were involved in that are now part of the Southwest Pro League, that 
in the past when they needed funding and whatnot, in like to donate or to buy merchandise and stuff, what you do is you'd go and they'd have a PayPal donation thing. Yeah. But the PayPal didn't go to the league, it went to the guy running the league. So, it, at the very least, it seems shady. Yeah, certainly. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think one, to make one little last point on this, that, uh, before we wrap it up, is that, you know, we've talked about it many times, that transparency overall is the most important thing. I mean, I, I think you have to have transparency in these leagues, and any time you do anything, transparency is really key. Um, and we've talked about it many times in the show. And, and so the fact that they're just lacking so much transparency going after other media outlets is really an unfortunate thing to see. And I really hope this doesn't continue a trend because outlets like us, we want to cover independently and fairly. And we want to make sure that the story comes out truthfully, as I believe Indie Ball Island does as well. So I think that, it, you know, it's a dangerous precedent to start attacking uh, media over any sort of, uh, you know, issues in terms of credibility. Yep, of course. And I gotta say, so far, like, just speaking our end, we've received nothing but positive support. Oh, yeah. Nothing uh, but positive support. So we haven't encountered this. Nope. I'm sure this is just more of a one-off thing, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of teams, and especially, as you're gonna see, particularly in the York story, but all the way around, yeah. a lot of these teams do understand we're part of the greater community, so when somebody wants to reach out and help promote ourselves, seemingly with no strings attached to it, we'd have to jump on it. And even if there is sure. strings, we still want to help it out. If we can be symbiotic, then we should definitely be helping out. So. Certainly, yeah. I mean, teams have been great. You know, the Patriots, the Jackals, the Miners. Especially um, the Miners. Especially thing. the Miners. They've been really great to us uh, in getting us off the ground a little bit here. So, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly not saying anything bad about them, but just saying that it's a dangerous precedent to of set if, of, if, if this does continue to happen. Yep, and obviously you always have to wonder who's running everything and whatnot. Yeah. And with a league like the Southwest League that seems, especially on their website, pretty slapdash, yeah. Uh, you kind of got to know who you're getting in bed with, so to say. Yeah. But I think we said all we can about that. It wasn't supposed to even go that long. But I thought it was just important that we get our take on the situation, being that we're kind of part of that community now. So let's go ahead and dive into the main topics of the show, the meat of the show, if you would. And that first topic is Windy City's new cross-promotion. Which really isn't new, but it's just the return of what they call the Battle of the Sexes. Which is their sixth time running this promotion. And it's a fast-pitch softball game between the Windy City Thunderbolts, that we know, and the Chicago Bandits, which are the local fast-pitch softball team. For the past six years, have been running a, uh, a softball game between the two teams. It's a nice promotion there, helps raise awareness for both teams. And before this game, they're going to have a clinic from 4 to 6 for ages 8 to 18. This costs 60 bucks. It's a giant community program, basically. It costs money to get into it, but it's a fun night out. It's something that's a change of pace, and it's a really fun time, it seems. Yeah, this is a really great way of promoting both teams and both sports as well. Obviously, softball and baseball do uh, intersect, and it's really good to get awareness for both of these things out there it's, it's really important and i think it's just overall great for the community it really brings everybody together and i think it'll be a very positive experience and i, I think this is they've done this a couple of times correct yeah they've done it for six years this yeah. is their sixth time doing sixth it. time doing it so obviously this is something that goes over well and is a big hit out there of course yep yeah. uh now so just as a side note uh, bandits have won the past five too so windy city's looking to break up five-year-long losing streak well, here. There you go. They got a little so, bit of a rivalry now. Yep. Uh, for those that are in the greater Chicago area, I believe Crestwood is where they're located, uh, it will be at the Windy City's home. Uh, so Ozinga Field, we covered the name right there. It used to be Standard Bank Field. Uh, the game will be on June 16th at 7 p.m. And tickets go on sale April Fool's Day. It's Probably could pick a better day. <laughs> Probably should have done a day earlier, a day later. But. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. April Fool's, here's your ticket. Yeah, April 1st, it will be on sale at 10 a.m. So, and if you want to attend the clinic, you do need a ticket for the game, as well as paying the $60 fee for the clinic as well. But overall, I think it is a really positive thing in yep. the community. So, I think we've covered that fairly thoroughly. Let's move on now to our next topic, which is York's New Investors. As we know, York's been doing a lot of stadium renovations to People's Bank Park. Yep. Including their very nice new club, uh, 1741 Club. It's going to be great. Yep, it's going to be a fun time if you're at a corporate box there or just decide to pay the money to attend for that game. We're doing it. Uh, so let's go ahead and list off the new investors. There are 11 of them, so bear with me. 
We have Tinsley Companies, Stewart Companies, Julian Tolbert, or he's a York Container Executive, uh, Jolene Tolbert, that'd be his wife, Lauren Crow, uh, Corvus LLC founder, William Hartman, he is a retired York County Community Foundation president, as well as a banker, Mike Summer, he is the Summers financial planner and investor, Mike Somer, not to be confused with Mike Summers, who is the found, who is a president at the Shipley Energy Group, his wife, Rebecca Sand, Sandstead, he is also an investor. Jacqueline Summers, the wife of Mike Summers, is also an investor, as well as Dan Waltersdorf, who is the chairman of Barton Associates. What a great name, Waltersdorf. Great name. Yep. So they got a whole group of new local investors. That's yep. the key thing. They're all local to the general York community, which is very nice to see. Yeah, I really like that. I think this is the great, a great move for them, a good plan forward is to really allocate kind of who's owning the team out a little bit. And certainly it makes the community more involved. It makes these people more involved. And the people that know these, uh, the friends of these investors, makes them very uh, engaged as well. It's going to be a great thing um, for York. They're they're a great team, as we've talked about many times on this show. Mm, very well put together. 13 years they've been there. Yep, very well put together. Great team, great organization. Uh, they always put a good product on the field as well. Uh, so certainly something we're looking forward to, uh, their renovations and, and all these changes that are coming into it with the investor groups and everything. Yep, and it's also important to note that a lot of the investors and team officials and all of them have really talked about it good, and I, this is like the most corporate word, if I've ever heard of a corporate word, about the club's synergy. <laughs> synergy. Now, synergy. That's one of corporate America's favorite words, synergy. There certainly is good synergy there, and we can we can feel that synergy, no doubt. A combination of symbiotic energy. Ooh. Synergy. Synergy. I like it. Symbiotic energy. Uh, I want a definition on that, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's just saying this good synergy with the community and that the club has a bright future. No doubt. Yep. Uh, the only thing here, if you were to try and put a negative spin on this, you know, there's no real need to. It would just be maybe they needed the money because of investments, but I'm feeling that investments were already planned and that this was part of the presentation to investors and the 11 people involved all said, we're excited about the future, and we want to be a part of it. Yeah, and even if they wind up, even if this is as a result of these upgrades, that's totally fine. I really think it's still a good thing. I think that no matter how you spin this, this is positive. I mean, you're, you're having a good, and now people who are invested, obviously investors who are invested, mm. uh, in, the, in, the, in the overall health of the team, and moving forward, how well is this going to work out? I think it's going to work out great. And certainly the, the, the renovations are a huge factor into what I think is going to be an increasing uh, attendance at games and increasing attendance at, in community involvement. I just think, again, it's going to be great um, overall. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely going to be good. Obviously, whenever you see a ballpark being upgraded and they're taking on more investors that are local, it's a positive sign. Undoubtedly. It would only be negative if you saw a bunch of out-of-market guys right, coming yeah. in, that would concern me more. If you saw more big corporate interest coming in, then yeah, that would be a negative sign. Exactly, but I think this is more kind of similar but different at the same time from uh, OSEG's investment in Ottawa yep, that we I covered agree. way back on episode one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's kind of similar to that. It's a lot of cash. It's Obviously, they have a lot of corporate investment there that can help get more ballpark sponsors. Already, that club they're building has a bunch of corporate people involved in it. Overall, I think it's a huge positive there. No doubt. No yep. doubt. And just to go ahead, uh, wrap some things up here. Uh, their ownership group, in addition to those 11 people, already has Brooks Robinson. Yes, that Brooks Robinson, the Hall of Famer, Brooks Robinson. Yep. And Bill Shipley, who is the chairman of Shipley Energy Group, involved in it. Those were the two primary guys before these 11 new people came aboard. And if you care to hear more about the upgrades and all the information about York's new ballpark renovations, all that is available in episode 5. You can go back into the catalog and listen to that. It's right after the marathon conversation about the world changes in the Atlantic <laughs> League. But still, it's an episode all around worth listening to, so I'd highly recommend that. No doubt. Yep, so let's go ahead, continuing on. New Britain's 50. So they have a 50-day deal palooza promo that ran on Thursday the 14th. Now, the way they pitch this is misleading. <laughs> you say 50-day deal, that would imply to me, okay, for 50 days leading up to opening day, you're going to give something away, or you're going to offer special deals. Not really. It was just 50 days before 
opening day. Oh, there you go. So, I mean, yeah, it makes sense, but I think it was misleading a bit. <laughs> and also, before I dive into this, New Britain, you have a good website, okay? I'm not going to hate you on the website. You have a very nice jingle, too, with, like, the New Britain Bees baseball thing you got going on. <laughs> a lot of alliteration. Oh, here right. it comes, here it comes. However, when I'm putting together the notes and everything, I'm listening to music in my earphones and whatnot, and I'm doing a great job, and then when I click over onto New Britain's site, what I don't want to hear blasting <laughs> into my ears about twice as loud as the music, then now it's cut the music off just abruptly, is your jingle that, while it is nice, scares me to death every time. <laughs> and I know it's coming, too. We're going to edit that in in the end. We're gonna, I think we're going to close with the new written jingle. <laughs> if, I, if I can get it, I'll put it in. I'll put it in place of the uh, take me out of the ballpark. Idea. But, yeah, like, every time. It's great, but it's like the typical, like, you know what I, you know the yeah, baseball guy do. Like a jingle, take me out to the ballpark kind of a Yeah, it's like kind of like the uh, meet the Mets thing, oh, yeah, go yeah. Cubs go, yeah, yeah. go go Astros, that kind of like beat to it. So I'm not expecting it because I forget over the course of the week that it's going to be there. <laughs> so I go ahead and I click on there to look for promos and whatnot. And I hear, New Britain Bees Baseball, right in my ear. And I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> I'm like, ah, stop scaring people. Yeah, Come God. on. No, I, mean, I think that's great marketing, though. Come on. Yeah, that's great I, I'm just saying, I'm against you, autoplay. I bet you know the jingle now, though. <laughs> no, I, actually, I've forgotten about it because it scares me too much, it, and then it's over by the time I get over it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but I'm just against autoplay in general. That's why if you go on our site, it doesn't autoplay our latest episode, even though I debated <laughs> against that heavily. But I figured people won't like that, so they'll click off out of spite. Yeah, true. I mean, I think that's a little heavy-handed, but you know. Yeah, I, I'm just fancy autoplay, especially like when you go on to news articles. I get this a lot. Oh yeah, the you video. Go ahead, yeah, the video autoplay. So it's like, I'm getting to that. Let me read the article first, <laughs> then I'll do that. I have a system. Yep. Any case, let's dive into it. We've gone off topic a little bit. All right. So every hour on the Thursday, the 14th, they gave away something. This ran from nine to five, so office day. They gave random stuff away, slash special offers for the first caller to their box office. Uh, deals were announced as deals meaning what they were going to be. They were announced on social media. And there was also a flat deal that ran throughout the day that let you buy four tickets to opening day for 20 bucks. So $5 tickets. So, before we dive into these so far, what do you like about the marketing strategy of this? Oh, it's great. I mean, New Britain is obviously going all in on marketing. It's great. It's really smart. However, I, I, I'm suspect of a couple of these giveaways here, right? Free peanuts? Give me a break. I don't want your free peanuts. Um, well, see, it was complimentary peanuts. I just put free peanuts. Oh, okay. yeah, it was right. complimentary at the ballpark, and it was around lunchtime, as they cited in the post. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not... You, I'm not on the I'm not on the complimentary peanuts bandwagon. <laughs> the only thing I gotta say here that going before I go into each of these deals here that I took away so far is that I may not have done it on a Thursday. Like again, it was yeah. fifty days before. I would have done tried to work for an, like a, a weekday, like a Thursday, like a Friday or maybe a weekend. even a weekend, like a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah, just Thursday seemed like an odd day to do it because most people yeah. are at work, so they're not going to be calling in or they. Or if you're a college student, you probably had class or something, yeah. so you're not going to just go, like, in the middle of a class, go, hold on in your lecture a minute. I need to make a phone call yeah, real man, quick. I got to call the New Britain bees. Hold on, I got to call the bees real quick. I need to get my complimentary <laughs> peanuts real quick. Depends on what size uh, university you're going to. If you're going to a small university, you can't get away with it. But if you go to a bigger university, you can definitely get away with that in the back of the class. I need my complimentary peanuts. I just imagine this in the back of, like, some Rutgers lecture hall. Yeah. Somebody calling up, being like, yeah, am I the first call? Awesome, I'm glad I got my peanuts. <laughs> and I run around just looking, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about with free peanuts? <laughs> Alright, let's go ahead, let's jump on uh, the, the giveaways here. Alright, so the first one of the day was an open, opening day luxury suite for 100 bucks. It had everything included in it. It was about a third of the price normally. It's, it's a great deal. Uh, next thing up was a game-worn jersey with the number 50, of See, course. That's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yep, of course, it was number 50, so it's probably gone a couple seasons before being used again. But you got that for 50 bucks. For yeah, calls. that's really cool. Yep, so that was cool. Obviously, they're keeping with that 50 theme. Uh, next thing up at the, let's see, it would be the 11 o'clock hour, I believe. 
would be your free peanuts. Oh, man. I just, you know, I just... It's a bit cheap. It's cheap. But I mean, it's funny. It's and they gave funny. away a bunch of other... And this actually the only giveaway, actually. But everything else was a fairly good deal, so... You gotta go. I like I like the free peanuts. I do. I, I, now I now I now so I'm gonna have to. That's how it starts. You go ahead and you make a little fun of it, and then next thing you know, now you're like, that's actually pretty good. Now I want free peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel gypped, and now I need New Britain. Now I'm requesting New Britain compliments me with some free peanuts. So basically, what you're saying is, when I go to promote this on Saturday, when I tweet out the link, a guy tagged New Britain and go, Correct. can we get some free peanuts if we right. come up for a game? <laughs> yes, we will come up for a game if you give us a bag of free peanuts. Yes, we'll probably come up for a game anyway, but still. Yeah, we're coming anyway, but don't tell them that. Come on. Oh, uh, yeah, I just took away all our leverage. Damn. All right, well. <laughs> then the next deal was actually a really good deal here, and I would have probably jumped on it if I had seen it, which was, 50 opening day tickets yeah, for 50 bucks. That's, that's a great deal. Yeah, a dollar a ticket there. Even if you don't have 49 other people to go with, it's still a good deal. Oh, you could, you could get 50, you could give out 50 tickets, you know? Really? Actually, I was thinking about it and I thought I could have gotten that and then we could have done a giveaway. But yeah, friends and family, that would have been fun. Yeah, just leave it at the box office. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, just give me your name so I could tell the box office, yeah, one for this one, one for this one, one for this yeah. one. Yeah. It could have been a fun outing, but anywho, next thing was an official on-field cap. Normally $28, they give it to you for $14. That's a good one yeah, as well, yeah. Pretty good deal. Uh, next up was the birthday package, which is 20 tickets to a suite, 3 pizzas, oh, and yeah. 20 sodas. This was the good deal. This is where I really like this one. Yep, on opening day weekend. So that's one of the games, either May 3rd, 4th, or 5th. And that was for $150. That's about half price. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Yep, that was definitely a good one. And then the last one of the day was being able to throw out the first pitch at a game. And for complimentary tickets for fifty dollars. Yeah, that one's really awesome. I like the. I, I've always wanted to throw out a first pitch at a game. I think that's a that's a really cool experience. So yeah, definitely yeah. that one to me is probably one of the best. Yep. Yeah. So that brings me to the next point here. Which do you think is the best, and which one do you think is the most underwhelming? So the the best undoubtedly, undoubtedly is the uh, fifty opening day tickets for fifty bucks. That is awesome. That's a great deal. Um. Probably the most underwhelming. I'm gonna go with the free peanuts, but that is not the hate on the free peanuts. They're all great deals, and the free peanuts just happens to be the least of the great deals. But it doesn't mean it's good. It's not great. I really like. It. I do. I like. I'm a believer now in the free peanuts. I've convinced myself in the past ten minutes how much I want free peanuts now. Now I really want the free peanuts. If, <laughs> no, if I just want them. If for nothing else, just so I can have them. Yeah, just so I can say I got free peanuts. That's what I want. Uh, the I was going to agree with you on both points here, but just to change it up a little bit, I would say probably the best deal is getting a luxury suite for 100 bucks. That's yeah, a solid true. deal, too. That is a good deal. Especially on opening day. Uh, worst one, if I'm not going with Matt, I mean, like, none of them were bad. No, That's none the of them are bad. They're all good. They're all good. Especially because, really, like, you didn't have to participate in any of them, so it's all free choice. Yeah. Anyway, so, and if you win any of them, you're already, like, you're winning the lottery on it. Yeah. So, if I had to pick one... I would probably say the hat if I wasn't going peanuts. Right, because you still got to pay fourteen bucks for the hat. So. That and also I figure end of the year or in the off season they may be marked down. Yeah. Now even still, fourteen dollars for a hat's a pretty good deal. It's a pretty good deal it is. Yep. I just want to know is it like a flat brimmed hat or curved? Because I don't True. like the flat. True. I, I would like some clarification on that, new Brendan. <laughs> I need to know. Like you sent a picture of the hat. And that was a flat brim, but not everybody wears the flat brim. Right. Can I can I pick a, a those are on field cap, so probably flat brim. Yeah, but not everybody on field wears a flat brim cap. True, good point. So I mean I need that clarification. What kind of hat is it? Like I assume it's new era. Probably. So yeah, like what good. is it? Is it like a thirty nine thirty? Because if so, that's my hat. So I'd <laughs> like that. <laughs> so he's saying he just wants a fourteen dollar hat. That's actually look, what he's saying. Look one on let me clear this up so there's no confusion here. I want the hat. If it's a thirty-nine thirty, if it's not, mm, now I'm <laughs> the, now I'm on the fence about it. But yeah, no, overall solid deal. Only, Great deal. You know, one of the things I did kind of take away was they're giving away a lot of opening day tickets. Like, yeah, I don't know if I love that, but by the same token, it 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 draws interest. And you know what? If nobody, hmm. you know, yeah, I it's just it's a good way to get the seats filled. Exactly. Yeah, it's just that you can give away. Like, let's see, what is that? Uh, like 100 tickets or so, or not give them away, but mark them down, exp like, to the level they are, to bargain bin prices, it's, 
you know. Yeah, I mean, but again, it draws interest, and then exactly, yeah. I, like I'm not knocking them for doing it because everybody's going to have that many open seats for opening day. Yeah. It's not Major League Baseball opening day. I get it. It's just you have that many tickets, you know. I I, I like it. I think it's I know I like the promotion too. Let me yeah. let me get this straight here. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that you know giving away that many. Yeah, yeah. I understand the number's a little high, but hey, exactly. you know what? We'll see how it goes. See exactly. It's more or less just. Pointing out the other side of things. Yep, we'll come back. We'll, we'll definitely return back to New Britain. They're, they're fun. We like them. Exactly. We'll definitely bring back, especially if there's a bag of peanuts waiting. Right, especially if there's peanuts involved, we, we will come back to New Britain. Yeah. Now I may have to name the episode Bag of Peanuts. <laughs> Another topic here, uh, McCoy Stadium update. All right, so this came out just today when I was going ahead and printing everything off, so I figured I'll toss it in there. It's a good, quick little uh, segment here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a report came from a couple different sources, but NBC10 seemed like they had the best coverage of it, which according to them, NBC10, the local affiliate up uh, for NBC in Providence, mm-hmm. they said there is interest in McCoy from other sports teams. This all came from a uh, Harvard speaking engagement, I believe the Kennedy Center at Harvard, that's Governor of Rhode Island, uh, Gina Raimondo, who talked about the Pawsocks leaving. It came up when... Uh, one of the students asked a question about it, like, is there any chance of us getting the Paw Sox back? Which clearly you could tell the community really loves their team. I mean, they've been there for forever, so that's not anything new. Right, of course. Yeah. Um, but she went ahead and talked about the uh, interest in in using McCoy mm-hmm. and why she had to le- let the Paw Sox go. And once again, the reason we're talking about this on Indie Ball Podcast, as you can see back in past episodes, and as we've explained in the past, is McCoy seems like the ideal spot to put an independent league team. Yeah, definitely. However, the teams that were mentioned were, as briefly said, high A team or a short season A ball team, a double A team, which it seems like what they're pushing for right now, right. or even a possible soccer team. Mm, yeah, the soccer team would be tough in there. Yeah, you could put a soccer team there. You could, but... I mean, we saw with Surf Stadium, they want to put one there. They do, yeah. Also in Atlantic City. No one's going to be the first team in there now because there's an arena football team going there now. Yep. So that's just off topic, though. Anyway, back on topic. Back um, on topic. Yeah, Come on. Both the, both the governor and the mayor have called this a type priority, figuring out the situation. And Raimundo had reaffirmed her commitment to making sure the lights stay on in McCoy. So they're going to go and dive hard into figuring something out there. However, her reasoning for allowing this situation to even occur was new ownership took over the Paw Sox and basically demanded they give them a ridiculously sized subsidy. She could not match what Worcester was giving her because, as she said, my commitment is to protecting the taxpayers. And what they wanted was just, it was too much. Which, seeing the polar park in Worcester, I kind of agree with it. That ballpark is, like, majorly caliber. So I can understand a state like Rhode Island going, we're not going to fund that. You're on your own. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is you, when you get into dipping into taxpayer money for these things, you can see how issues can come up, such as what has happened with, uh, you know, happened up in New York uh, with, with the boulders, with the Rockland boulders. You know, there's some issues there with mm. the town, the team, and a little bit of animosity that exists. Obviously, we're going to go into that. Another, and that's for another show and another day. But certainly that, that kind of thing could happen here. And I think Gina made a really good uh, move here. Yeah, definitely. I can agree with that. I mean, she does. She makes a good point. Her job is to serve all the people of Rhode Island, not just the sports fans of Rhode Island. And as she said, this is a, this was a difficult decision because emotionally, I wanted to do everything I could to save the team. Sure, yeah. But thinking from a financial sense and, re- and remembering, I'm the governor of the entire state. I have to do what's best for everybody in the state of Rhode Island. And what's best is not funding that ballpark and giving them the massive amounts of subsidies like what Wooster got. Now, I don't really know what that is. I didn't really have time to go ahead and dig into it deeper to see if I could find that or not. I can find that for Nick Shore sometime in the week. If I do find it, I'll tweet it out yeah. and we'll mention it. But um, if not, then we can't. Mm-hmm. But uh, from the difference there, I don't imagine it was just like a couple hundred thousand off. I imagine it was a difference between saying we'll give you two million subsidy as opposed to we'll give you fifteen million. And yeah. that's a large enough difference where you gotta say, I gotta walk away from the table. You gotta meet me halfway at least. Yeah, I'm sure. And it was a it's a, it's a smart deal, no matter hmm. pragmatically it's smart, no matter what. I mean, you know, the thing is you can always get another team to go in there. It's not necessarily that you can always get another team 
uh, and you will never get that recoup that money. You know that money exactly. is important. So. Yeah, it just seems like whenever you put money into building a sports facility, you're really flipping the coin as to whether or not it's going to help the local community. And especially when you're using public money or using subsidies, using giving them tax breaks and things like that, you're really you're playing with fire. Yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah, so that but. To bring it back to independent golf, which is where it should be focused on, mm-hmm. uh, they did interview one sports economics that teaches at the College of Holy Cross in neighboring Massachusetts, I believe that's located. Yeah, I think it's in this direction. Yep. He said that one of the options for that could even be a non-MLB system team like the Worcester Bravehearts, which is a summer collegiate league. Mm-hmm. So, so that's really where the push is coming from. There's definitely outside forces that believe the same thing we believe, in that you can put an indie ball team there, or a summer collegiate team. Obviously, I prefer indie ball. I think that would be a terrific market for Atlantic League in particular. Yeah, However, yeah, I can am could also work there. It's a bit out of the way, but and it may be too big of a ballpark. It might be too big of a ballpark for Can Am. It depends on what they do with. Uh, Rockland and what, where, where they go. What happens there, yeah. yeah. Plus, it also depends on what the Atlantic League wants to do. Obviously, mm-hmm. they've had a lot happening in the past month. Yeah. So, <laughs> I would imagine possibly expanding may not be something on the radar at the moment. Or it might be. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> it could be. I I just would imagine they want to at least let the next three years settle down and see how this goes. And also, they want to make sure High Point's good. Yeah. Uh, you have High Point coming in now. Everything's nice and even now. I imagine they'd want Either two teams coming in at the same time or two teams coming in fairly close to each other. So you don't have to have unbalanced divisions or three years of a Road Warriors team. Yeah, I agree. That, that's not ideal. So we'll watch that situation develop. It's just something that came up and I figured it was important to mention. Yep. So if you have no objections, I think we can go a little off topic now into a seventh inning stretch. Seventh inning stretch time. Yep. So we have a couple options here. I could either complain about terrible officiating across sports for a little bit, or we could go ahead and talk a little bit on the latest Marvel movie that came out just recently in Captain Marvel. I'm going in a totally different direction. Okay. I'm going to go to the National Football League. And okay, I I'm, am, gonna, I'm interested to see where this goes, and so I'll default to you. And thank you. And I am going to talk about my Cleveland Browns and their acquisition oh, of superstar wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Now, let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, this is the best acquisition the Browns have made in my lifetime. I'm on record right now saying that this is the best deal that they have made in my 20-plus years of living on this planet. I tell you what, this is such a great move that when I read that on my phone, it took me three takes to believe it, and then I was running around my house screaming like a banshee. I mean, it was beautiful. It is one of the best moments I've had in quite a long time. Let me tell you what, and I just, I can't believe it. We get a superstar. He's a great player. He's a great talent. And, and he's a lot better guy off the field than a lot of people in the media give him credit for. And I, you know, I really think it's going to be a great influence for the Cleveland Browns organization. And I think it's going to be a big playmaker for Baker Mayfield and the rest of the team. Okay. I was drafting Baker because acquisition, but, or acquisition I mean, rather. Acquisition in terms of trades, free agency. Okay. I may have even won Kareem Hunt. No. I mean, Kareem's going to be back after eight games, as we know now. So he's going to make a much bigger deal than Odell is. No. Yes, he is, and here's why. Odell is not the uh, most mentally strong player, as we've seen with Josh Norman getting under his skin. I don't, like, Odell's a great player. I don't think he's that great of a wide receiver, though. I don't believe he is. What? He's a top five what? receiver. I don't think he's that big of a difference maker. Oh my god, he's a huge playmaker. He's one of the biggest, best playmakers in the league. He, he could throw, you could throw him a slam. I don't fear Odell Beckham when I play him. Really? As a Redskins fan, I have seen him enough. Now granted, most of that time I've had Josh Norman there just to frustrate the hell out of him. I don't fear him. I see Odell, I'm like, eh, I don't worry about him. Wow, I do. I, I did whenever the Browns played him back. My my uh, relatives are Cowboys fans, and they certainly fear him when they play him. I feared Sterling Shepard a lot more. Wow. I feared Evan Ingram a lot more. I do not fear Odell Beckham. I think I, I think he is easy to shut down. A lot of his yard numbers is just because he caught one massive seventy-yard bomb. If you look at everything else, he has four receptions for 
a couple dozen yards. That's not very that's concerning to me. That's all he needs to, to do. He's a home run threat that you'll hit. That Bagel, so it's Deshaun Jackson. Bagel will hit the home and run. And he's ball. cheaper. He, 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 but he's a lot older, Deshaun Jackson. And uh, good. And and Odell Beckham Jr. is a is a freakish athlete and probably has the best hands in the league. I think you're overlooking that point. He's a red zone target. He's got some of the best hands in the league. Yeah, he makes a couple of really nice catches, but that's that's it. Like consistently, he has the best hands. Whoop de do, he makes a couple of one-handed catches. That's makes not that impressive. And if he doesn't in big game situation, I'm telling you, Odell he's Beckham like a rich man's Paul Richardson. That's no. all he is. Oh come on, he's a rich man's Paul Richardson. He he is probably he is he is a top five receiver in the game, maybe a top three receiver in the game. Okay, he, hold up here. And he, who are you? Who are your top three if you're saying he's a top three? My top three, Julio Jones, number one. Okay. I'm a big Julio Jones fan. I'll put Odell at number two. Odell at two, ahead of Antonio Brown. Odell at two, and Antonio Brown at three. Ahead of Antonio Brown, you're putting Odell back on. Only because Antonio Brown's a little bit older now, and I think he's on the downside of his career. And he's now he's, throwing, he's getting the ball thrown to him from Derek Carr. Okay, we can't play the what-if game here. We're not, I'm, I'm just playing saying, that. I'm just, We're not I'm playing just, the now he's having this. We're talking about... What he's done so far. I'm just saying that it, it, I would rather, I'd more comfortable with a receiver being thrown to from Baker Mayfield, who's obviously a baller, than to Derek Carr, who's obviously a zero at this point. And I can't say he's a good quarterback anymore. He had a promising start, but John Gruden obviously doesn't believe in him. I, I'm still hung up on the fact you have Odell as the second best receiver in the league. I do. I mean, I, I'm still like, like Julio Jones and Antonio Brown are already off the bat ahead of him. No. And the heat, they are. That's not even like, debatable. No, it's debatable. Anything's debatable. You just want to stick to the same point. But I, I, I'm just—he's—he may be a top five receiver. I'll give you that. But he ain't—he ain't top three. Yeah, yeah. So who's the, who's the third receiver in your? Oh, there's a lot of guys that put ahead of him. All right, who? I consider Calvin Ridley just as good. I consider what? Cooper Cup just as good. <laughs> Cooper 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 Cup, are you out of your mind? He has Jerry Goff throwing to him, and he makes Jerry Goff look like an elite quarterback. Cooper Cup, did you just say that? Oh yes. my goodness, Cooper Cup better than Odell Beckham Jr. Yes. My goodness, this is that's a that's outrageous. That's blasphemous. To Settle you, down, Stephen A. <laughs> Settle down, Stephen A. Smith, that is blasphemous. Hell, for a while, I would even go as far to say Larry Fitzgerald. Did. Last year was a down year, so I can't say that well, anymore. I mean, age wise, but certainly yeah. I think. That's that's a more fair argument than Cooper Cup, but uh, but yeah, certainly. I don't know, Dell. What? <laughs> You're doing this to get a rise out of me, but but uh, Larry Fitzgerald is, is is obviously a Hall of Famer. I got nothing bad to say about Larry Fitzgerald. All right, we've gone off the rails enough. Let's get back to baseball. I can't do that yet. You know that. <laughs> I mean, like I got a whole list of all the guys I put ahead of him. Oh no, here we go. I'm not going to because it takes too long for me to list every receiver I think is better than Odell. <laughs> but I don't. He it is. Mark my words, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just saying. Odell He's Beckham soft. Jr. He's soft. Well, I got to say. OBJ is soft. Nope. He is soft. He misses four games with a calf injury that wasn't that bad. And he gets mentally beaten numerous times a year. Hey, he's maturing. He's, he's a great player. They he's traded him. <laughs> they traded him to a team that is on the rise. He's in a great situation. Has his old they wide took pennies and, on the dollar to get rid of him. All right, pennies on the dollar. A first and a third round pick is in Jabril. He was worth at least two firsts. Maybe, but you know what? It's not my fault the Giants got fleeced. Anyway, pennies on the dollar. Not pennies on the dollar. Just, just to conclude here, let's let's look at Odell's skill set. Great hands, great speed, and mentally tougher than a lot of people give him credit for. Uh that's why. A C-level cornerback like Josh Norman gets under his skin. Josh Norman, for a good good period of time, was a year or two, was certainly the best corner the in the league. The past two years, he's been trash. Sure, but and also, I mean, everyone has that one player that gets in their head. I mean, Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders had some battles. Uh, so but there's two differences. Those are both Hall of Fame level players. I mean, Odell Beckham is. He is, but Josh Norman isn't. I mean, he might be. Who knows? He is not. Uh, he knows? is not. He's a he great not. player. As a fan, he's not. He's a great player. He was very good in Carolina as well. Uh, hey, certain I, guys get in your head. I still, I don't think Odell's that good. He's certainly not worth the contract he has. Yeah, he, he's more than worth it for Browns fans who, if you look at the, look because at because you have a battered fan base that constantly is getting beaten. Like whenever something good happens, something bad of equal or worse proportion happens to knock you back down. And don't worry about it. This those is days, hope. You're experiencing hope again. Those days are over, man. John Dorsey, man's a magician. 
Baker Mayfield is a little bit of a wizard. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying he might be top 10 quarterback in football when the season's over. That's my hot take. Well, many hot takes in the segment, but that is my <laughs> concluding hot take. I'm just saying, at the conclusion of the 2019 season, Odell Beckham will be considered a fringe top five player as the wide receiver position. Uh, you can say what you want, but when he's not a top five player, you'll we'll come back to this. We'll come back to this episode. <laughs> you'll hear this, and I'll go. I told you so. And when the Browns, and if the Browns make the playoffs. Then, it doesn't matter because you made the playoffs for the first time like this millennia. But you know, good for you. It's like, gonna be great. I'm telling you, it's gonna be great. Yeah. All right. That was a good match to baseball now. So let's go to the Chicago Daleks and their announcements. So let's lay the background on this here. In the show notes, we do link the video we're about to discuss here. And while I do describe it, you may want to just pause the episode, go watch it. It's ten seconds long. It's real quick. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Dogs, part of the American Association, as we all know, posted a YouTube video teasing some sort of a big announcement uh, that was not made to their page on a page of someone called Kevin Sullivan. So the video, like I said, it's 10 seconds long. It really just has a bunch of people dressed as hot dogs just in, are walking around the city of Chicago <laughs> holding signs <laughs> that say, like, hashtag Chicago Dogs, let's go Chicago Dogs, promoting the team, basically. Okay, so let me walk you through what happens in the video. So, first we have what looks like a JPEG file of the Chicago Dogs logo. Kind of dissolves away and goes to a uh, clip of an interview with WGN, uh, the team president, Sean Hunter. From there, it goes to various locations such as outside their home ballpark, in a park somewhere in Chicago. I assume it's a landmark park. I don't really know Chicago's Layout. Yeah, yeah, that's the best word for it. So I'm not really sure if it's an important park or whatever, but it was a park. <laughs> uh, from there, they go around to other various locations. Once again, they're all holding signs. And then the video, the last location they see before you have the same intro as your outro, was them standing outside of ESPN Chicago. Now, what was also done later in the week, they teased this again by posting several other things, mainly a like a little hot dog dude that you see on Snapchat, mm-hmm. a still photo of him on Wednesday saying there would be a big announcement next week. Ooh. Yep, no other American Association team mentioned this, so we're not going to get like a giant, or at least I would be very shocked if we got like a giant announcement from the American Association for something that infected the whole league. Seems just to be the dogs, yep. Yep, it just, I feel like I should preface that and say that, given the Atlantic League steal. Yeah, a lot of teams, though, did the, the oh, we got a big announcement coming. and then Exactly, a big announcement coming up for. Yeah. So, I feel like that's important to say that it's probably only going to be Chicago. And uh, even from there, I would say it would be even less likely that anything that would happen league-wide. Right. Just because they have a new commissioner, and I'd imagine... Something that happens within a week of that, you wouldn't see something radical happen. No, no, probably not. So, and once again, we don't really have any other information available to us, just the video. And we haven't really gotten many guesses online, so I figured in this segment here, we're going to dissect this, and we're going to try and take some guesses at it. Take a couple shots at it. Yep. So, what do we make of this? Alright, so first of all, it's kind of bizarre. Alright, I get the dogs thing, but... They really leaned into the Chicago hot dog theme. They really leaned into the hot dog theme. They really did. There's a lot of hot dog people running around. It's a little, a little creepy. But all right, you know, we get over yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> we're moving on uh, from the, the dancing hot dogs, walking yeah. hot dogs, whatever. Uh, yeah. I think I think this is obviously teasing some kind of a partnership with uh, ESPN Chicago. And That's what maybe, I figured, yeah. Maybe a broadcasting thing, maybe something like that. Uh, yeah, I figured. Playing games. Yeah, but I figured like an ESPN3 type deal. Yep. I know Sugarland had that a while ago, and then that got canceled out. But I figure it's going to be something like that. Maybe a radio partnership, something like that. Maybe. Almost definitely a radio partnership, or they're going to be playing, or they'll be um, simulcasting games on uh, on the radio station mm. that they have, as well as uh, maybe ESPN Chicago. So that's a very interesting thing if that does happen to be that. But I, I couldn't see it being anything like you said league wide. I think that's a little, it's a little too vague. Yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely not that. You'd get more information about it, or at least a set date and time. Uh, yeah. The only reason why I'm really leaning to the ESPN thing is because of the way the video 
had ended. Right. It was all of them standing right in front of the doors to that ESPN Chicago office, and it made it very clear ESPN Chicago was there for you to read. So it tells me that this is the main focal point of it. Maybe we're reading too much into it. Would you be totally wrong? Yeah. Uh, what other guesses do you, do you have going? Uh, I mean, I think really that that's, it has to be some kind of a partnership with the city of Chicago, obviously, and, mm-hmm. and, and definitely with ESPN Chicago, because it couldn't be... I mean, the, the video would just be bizarre randomness if it wasn't. So. Oh, yeah, no, it would definitely be really odd. Yeah. If not... Other guests I may have here, maybe there's going to be some sort of ESPN theme night. Maybe. Maybe like a Wild World of Sports type of thing. Yeah, that could be cool, yeah. Um, maybe it could be a naming rights deal for like a stadium or something. Could I mean, be. It'd be an odd way of doing it, but it certainly would get press out there. Um, trying to think what else, because I would assume it'd be announced in the beginning part of the week. I, I'm, I'm kind of lost here for what I mean, else it could be. It has to be that. It has to be that. It has to be that. Or, or, or they're just, you know, just doing... Or they're just messing with us. Yeah, they're putting and a gonna, random video out there and it's going to yeah. be like, hot dog night. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they just mess with us and they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, now we're just going to have ESPN as a partner. Yeah. They're not going to do anything. They're just going to have a sign in the middle of center field. It's going to be like free hot dog night courtesy yeah. of ESPN Chicago. Yeah, no, watch. It's just like, we're going to wear ESPN jerseys for one night. Yeah, probably something like that, yeah. We like Team Sports Center first NBA tonight. <laughs> or MLB tonight, probably more like it. But, you know, I'm very curious. Oh, right, there goes there. There goes the copyright strike. Oh, no. But, you know, if you guys have any guesses, please let us know that you have a guess and let us know what it is. Because we want to see what you guys think it could be. Yeah. Like, I think we're both in agreement. It has to be a radio deal with possibly some sort of ESPN3 or simulcast component. Yep. Like, it has to be that. It has to be. I don't know what else it could be. It's too bizarre for anything else. Yeah, like that. Or maybe they have some sort of promotion thing going throughout the city of Chicago. Maybe. That could possibly be it. Um, Maybe. And this could, I may be stretching it out here, being that they went to different places in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could have some sort of a, uh, like, Chicago Fire and Chicago Police, like, game there and have ESPN cover it or something. I, uh, I don't I, even know. That's stretching. That's stretching. It's stretching it, but, I, like, I'm trying to think what gets the but city no, of Chicago involved. Nothing can get ruled out at this point, right? I mean, exactly, yeah. Idea. Like, they just really didn't give us anything to go off of in that, like, Maybe it could be like a marathon thing because they had people like running throughout the city. Yeah. That could be something. But even then, like, I'm, we're really starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, we are. <laughs> like, the only thing that makes sense is that there's a partnership with ESPN. Yeah, agreed. Totally yeah, agree. That. And if that is the case, that's a terrific deal. It's great exposure. Yeah. We'll, terrific. We'll, we'll talk about that one next week. Hopefully, yeah. if we... Whatever have... the announcement is, as long as it's made, we'll talk about it. Yep. I think with that, we're just about done here. Uh, any other... Cleanup work that you want to do? Nope. Let's just uh, you know keep an eye out for that article. It will be uh, coming to you shortly. And uh, if you guys have any questions for us, any concerns or comments, uh, please you know let us know on Instagram or at uh, on t- at Twitter. Twitter is at Indie Ball Pod. Instagram is Indie Ball Report. Uh, websites also available. You can just go www.indieballreport.com. As always, podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and Podomatic. And with that, remember to play ball.